to truly believe in the magic. Welcome, Magic fans, to episode 144 of the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from Orlando Magic UK. Today, I'm joined by the content king of Middle England, Mr. Paul Bacon, and the fresh prince of Cardiff himself, the G-man, Mr. Garan Jones. Look at this. Will Smith's got nothing on you at all. <laughs> Will Smith's very happy he's got nothing on G. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't touch G. No way. Paul, how's how's it? Can't touch him. <laughs> Is it hammer time, Paul? How's it going, Paul? <laughs> very well, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, doing really well. What about yourself, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I've been enjoying um, the content that you've been putting out, hence your new uh, moniker to start the pod with. If anyone hasn't seen it, Paul's been uh, the face that runs the place with these uh, previews. Yeah, it's, they seem to go down quite well. Uh, it's we just thought we, as we said, we just thought we'd try something different and uh, try and make the the whole game preview that we do a little more accessible so yeah it's been good been awesome good. stuff awesome stuff mate well done what watch out for the uh 30 team previews that i'm doing at the moment running down each of the nba teams they're, yep. they're coming soon getting those names in there eh oh god don't stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh, take 45 there is a story to this I was recording the Charlotte one before we uh, started recording the pod and it's only, they're each only going to be sort of three to five minutes long and I got to the end of the Charlotte one uh, and it got down to the point where I'm looking at uh, the players that have been added to a team and I'm running through and it got to Frank, I'll yeah, forget it. Just hit delete on the on the on the whole episode that I'd recorded, and I'll have to figure out how to say his name. Practice off of air before I start. I'd just not seen it was there. Embarrassed myself yeah. as usual. It's going to be like Anger Man, isn't it? Where it's going to be like you sitting there, and it's like a unique New York, and the arsonist had <laughs> oddly shaped feet and things like that. Oh, he, he, uh, I still can't remember how to say his name. Frank Nilakina. I just can't say it. God help me. And I've got to ask David. I've got about another 27 teams to do after that. So there's bound to be a few more that I uh, make a complete idiot of myself on. We're here for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the outtake video. God, it's been longer than any pod that we ever do. It's going to get some hits. I can see it now. <laughs> G, Fresh Prince of Cardiff. I, I know your, your cap there was a bit of a clue for what's coming, but how's things? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Obviously, very excited for the, the magic season. You know, we get a bit of uh, nostalgia. We get the stars jerseys with the, they borrowed the back of my, uh, you know, my corner of my my spare bedroom here just to take the shots. So I thought I'd rock the... Uh, the old Eastern Conference Champions 1995 T-shirt. That's, that's a really good-looking T-shirt. Where did that T-shirt come from? It came come from Sunderland, I think, mate. It did come from Sunderland. Oh, I was just walk, I was walking past it. I saw it hanging up, and I went, I think I know who might like this. <laughs> and you it's, went back for it, which I am very appreciative of. In the rain, G. In the rain. Oh, in the rain. Next point's on me, mate. Next point's on me. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, um, it's, it's a right with, throwback. With the points you owe me and Gary, you are going to be absolutely brassic by the time we walk it's away fine, from mate. here. That's fine, mate. 
Don't worry about uh, it. We, in fact, uh, <laughs> we, we won't be able to walk away from you. I was that many. <laughs> I'm just thinking there, Paul, if we can go to one of those really expensive Disney bars that oh, Angus was on about. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Oh, no, the, no, no, no. There's a Weatherspoon in Cardiff, I know. So, Don't uh, do Weatherspoons, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, Clive. So yeah. <laughs> on today's I... pod, we're going to be joined by the legendary David Steele. So, G, you had your cap on there to start with. Do you want to just flash it to the YouTube audience once more time? A cap, flash the cap. Right. Is this anything? <laughs> and look at that. And we are going to be putting a few questions to him to get his expert insights as we head into the 35th season of Orlando Magic Basketball. We're going to be reflecting on our return to the Amway for the first home preseason game against the Pelicans, a game which, to me, felt like almost like a regular season game with the hype I saw on my socials. More retro happenings, as we know. Markel Fultz has been in G's house this week filming for the uh, for the jersey drops and such. A few early season player predictions from around the league. And we're going to field a couple of questions from a Patreon member and from a listener to the pod. So speaking of Patreon, um, as you know, we have our own Orlando Magic UK Patreon service. It's a subscription one linked to what we do at orlandomagicuk.com. We're not doing this for personal profit, but we plan to use this to improve content, exclusive perks, and follower giveaways. As has been mentioned previously, we have a three-tier membership system. We've got the Shack at £2 a month, the Anderson at £5, and the TMAC at £10. Entrance for the Anderson and McGrady tiers will be entered into a draw. And this, this prize, what we're going to run through, is the classic jersey, which is very similar to the Mitchell and Ness jersey, which is behind Paul there. And we've got the Nike variant of that up for grabs. And just like to take a moment really to, to shout out our Patreons, which are Sean Moore, Ollie Law, Gary Clark, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Dylan Holden, Paolo and Franz Warmth, Liam Radbourne, Alan Kane, Tom Sohn, Andy Lindley, and Stuart Benzies. So the list is growing. I hope I haven't missed anyone off there. No, but I got to correct you on one thing. It's drum, drum, drummy, drum, drum. I do apologise. You got to get it right, Gar. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never get that right. I'll never get it right. <laughs> but, don't start getting it right. It'll be do a refund. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> great. <laughs> but uh, fellas, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, thanks for supporting the pod and. Yeah, good luck to whoever, you know, may the the odds be in your favour for the jersey draw. So, the Pelicans. We saw a return to the Amway versus the Pelicans. We lost 92-104. to Uh, My take on the game was, as the game seemed to fall away, obviously it's pre-season. We gave out minutes and experimented towards the end. Uh, I think that's totally fine for pre-season. I felt Zion... Looked spectacular in just 16 minutes for the Pelicans. I'll be honest with you, I'm pleased to see that. It's not a magic player, but the potential he had, the hype, what he can do, I want to see players at their best. He put up a quick 16 points in 16 minutes. And when you look at it, if him, Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram stay healthy, I think that's a pretty beastly front court in the West. And you're throwing in CJ McCollum as well. For the magic, um, going by the points per minute thing, Franz Wagner went a little bit better. So only Franz put up 19 points in 19 minutes and he got 16 points in 16 minutes from his brother Mo Wagner off the bench. Shout out, three blocks in 10 minutes came from Jonathan Isaac 
and it looks like, and this is something I was really encouraged about, we've talked about it before, whether Jalen Suggs' good shooting towards the end of last season would carry over, and it looks like in preseason so far as though that might be the case with the three-point shot, so fingers crossed. Paul, I'm going to come to you first as the, the content king. Um, you, I'm going to stick with that, by the way. There's been a lot of talk about what the starting lineup would be. Um, we're now three games into preseason, and it would appear that we're going to see Wendell, Paolo, France, Markel, and Jalen as the opening night five, all being healthy. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I've got to be honest, I very much like the uh, cohesive nature of this five. I think they play well together. Um, I'm going to start with Wendell. He's a real physical presence who can match up well to most centres and he seems to relish that challenge. He's much improved on his three-point shot um, and he has the feeling of a guy who's ready to take a huge step forward uh, in the season. Paolo and Franz, we've talked to ad infinitum about them, but they just seem to be a pair of players who just gel together and all this I've seen about who's the best player between them I don't care just stop it doesn't matter they are both superb talents and they both are on our team enjoy them um, Paolo still needs to make some improvement on efficiency but he appears to be less of a first option scorer um, in this preseason. Um he seems to be such a willing passer um, that we've seen his assist rate go up and that's been really interesting to see. I'm hoping that um, once the season starts properly, because I don't think he's gone full at it yet, that we then start to see him get himself more to the basket again. He doesn't seem to have played as hard uh, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, Franz, what is, he's just got an instinctive shot. Um that ability to drive or just cut to the basket is, is fantastic. And as I say, that, that partnership he's got with Paolo, the team's benefited from it beyond what I think anybody ever expected to have from them pair. Um, I keep using the word about it, that uh, they've got this understanding, this telepathic understanding that um, they just know where one another's going to be. And it doesn't matter who scores, as far as they're concerned, so long as we do. Um, but it's good to see egos being put to one side. Backcourt combination of Jalen and Markel, that looks really good. Suggs is, um, he's looking, his shooting's looking much improved. But we've got to remember how much it improved back end of last season. Uh, his field goal percentage really grew. Uh, he's had his first summer without disruption. And he looks primed to take a leap. Uh, defensive ability is clear for anyone to see. But what sometimes goes unnoticed with him is his ability to hit a pass. Uh, he can throw, he can look and see a pass. Uh, the American football quarterback uh, in him has, it gives him that ability. I love to see it. I personally, I love the guy who goes out and proves the skeptics wrong. Uh, Markel, wow. Just showed what what the player he is, what importance he is to us by how he came back in last season, how he changed our season round. Um, can he have a better scoring record and be a greater th threat from deep? Certainly, but 
again, I'm going to say I don't think that's the be-all and end-all with a point guard. Uh, he's scoring, but he's creating opportunities for others and he's also a strong defensive presence. And if this defensive five, if sorry, if this five have defence as their calling card, they are giving us a firm foundation to develop into a playoff contender and be a top 10 defensive team. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I kind of disagree with any of that. And I know I was going to ask G specifically about this a little bit later on, but I'm going to jump to it now. Like, G, obviously, I'm going to ask your thoughts on this, but also could you comment a bit about the Suggs and Fultz backcourt, which I'm sure will be something close to your heart. And we've alluded to the Suggs shooting. It looks like it's translating as well. Um, is, how's that How's that going to affect things, do you think, going forward this season? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, agree with absolutely everything Paul says. Um, firstly, just to pick up on how, how the sort of starters did, you know, in the game against New Orleans, um, obviously, you know, first quarter, second quarter, that we hung around with them. We were up at the half, etc. Yeah. We had Paolo, Wendell and Markel together going 5 of 22 from the field. So, you know, obviously France uh, and Mo Wagner from the bench, you know, kept us uh, afloat. Um, but seeing as they had, you know, not good shooting performances uh, and we were still able to hang around with, you know, like you said, Gary, you know, uh, Zion Williamson, who was playing very well, um, you know, for, for the pre, for a preseason game in limited minutes. Um, it, it's good to see that, you know, like Paul said, the cohesiveness with them, they're, they're, they're learning to play together and uh, being in the right spots at the right time. Um, so then on, on to Markel and uh, Jalen, obviously we've seen, Jalen's so hungry, isn't he? Absolutely. He's like a dog with a bone. Defense, uh, crashing the boards. Uh, His three-point shot has improved. Uh, He's just an absolute live wire that's that's everywhere. Um, Markel's uh, form looks better. So I'd like to see that, you know, three-point percentage improve. Uh, Like you guys said, it's not the be-all and end-all for a point guard, but he gets in the right places. You see some of the passes that he makes. Uh, And together... Uh, you know, those two as a you know starting backcourt defensively, you know, I, I wouldn't want to play against them. <laughs> you know, they're going to be right up in your grill. Um, you know, we're going to be seeing some steals. I know we're going to be talking about potential awards later. You know, we'd like to think that Jalen's going to make a leap. Um, I, I see him in that you know uh, category. Um, with uh, what's he called now? from ex-Boston Celtic. Marcus Smart, Smart, that's it. Name eluded me there for a second. Um, Yeah, I think he could be very much like him, who obviously won the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Just hopefully we get, you know, a bit more, you know, attention on on the Magic. Um, So with that starting lineup, um, I like the way how the, the bench unit play together. You know, Cole, Harris, Ingalls, Jonathan Isaac, uh, defensively, and, and then you know Mo or Goga, depending on on, on whoever's playing. Uh, no, really, really like the way it, it's coming together and the lineup sort of um, the cohesiveness, like Paul said. Absolutely, uh, I just think it's worth when you were mentioning about. I think Paul, you were saying there about Paolo not really going for it. There is talk that he's got this thumb injury. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's probably playing a role and. If he's not a hundred percent going for it, I think that's smart because we're really more interested in what happens in the uh, in the regular season. 
my answer it was based. I'm not just looking at the one yeah. New Orleans game because it's it's. I I don't see the point in looking at in isolation in pre season. I'm looking at the whole thing. Um, but if if we want if we want to talk criticism of um, the New Orleans game that we lost, yes, you're going to look at the sloppiness with the ball. We didn't value the ball. We had too many turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think an over amount is being made of that, in all honesty, yeah. because a lot of it, or a good percentage of it, wasn't as a result of our own sloppiness. You mentioned how well Zion played. He had four steals, I think, in that first quarter. Um, they, as a team have a calling card of very, very active defensive hands. CJ McCollum is one of those guys. Zion clearly is putting himself into that position uh, to work. Herb Jones, they've got a a good starting unit and they put a lot of pressure on us. I was impressed by the effort that they put in. But as G said, at the half, we were up. We went toe-to-toe with them uh, as we have done in the all three of the preseason games, um, and at the point where you started seeing the core group being withdrawn, and those more end of the bench or um, guys who were just with us trying to make the, the squad, we were we were up and in a strong competitive position. That's where I'm interested in, not the ultimate end result once you've gone to the end of the bench. Yeah, absolutely. So, gee, I'm going to come to you on this one. It's a slight um, different turn, but if we're looking, the team doesn't feature Nate Tibbets. And we now know that he's taken on the head coach position. And we're all going to say, first of all, well done to Nate Tibbets for this. Congratulations for the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. Um, He's allegedly going to be the highest paid coach in the league from uh, what was floating round. But how big a loss is this to the Magic? And also, what does this appointment tell us about the Magic now? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, any sort of um, loss to a coaching staff is always going to be, uh, you know, detriment to, to the what we're trying to do to the system, etc. But there's other coaches, Jesse Mermis, Dale Osborne, uh, Brett Brielmeyer, I think he's called, yeah. um, Lionel Chalmers. So you've got guys there who experienced, uh, who were there for Coach Mosey. Ultimately, ultimately Coach Mosey's, you know, he's a decision maker. Uh, the others are there to, you know, work with, with Coach Mosley. I'm sure we'll bring somebody else in. Uh, I haven't heard any sort of rumours or anything like that. Um, but ultimately, you know, everything's down to the players. You know, the, the the coaches are there to put the players in a position to win, get the system right, get the defence right, get the plays right, you know, work off the court. Um, it, you know... Coach Tibbetts, you know, fair play to him. You know, he's earned this. Um, he he's gone. He's played. You know, sorry, he's coached on a few ball clubs, the Cavs, etc. So getting a, a head coach opportunity only speaks volumes to the work he has done to 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 assist. You know, Coach Mosley uh, and all the work he's done, all the other previous teams. So he's obviously, you know, going to be a big miss. Um, but I'm sure, you know. 
there's probably a, a succession plan um, or we'll bring somebody else along. Um, but, you know, ultimately, Coach Mosley's the uh, the main man um, and who we look to uh, and the, the backroom staff, you know, we'll find somebody else. Not to knock. I want to seem like I'm not knocking um, Nate Tibbetts, but, you know, it's going to be a mess. But, you know, I think we can get somebody else in. Absolutely. Paul, how would you, how would you follow on from G there? I think G's somebody took quite nicely. I mean, for, the timing isn't ideal, just stays away from the start yeah. of the season to have that little bit of a disruption. Um, but we're not the first team to have gone through this. You see, you look at the number of people who have been assistants to Coach Pop in, at the Spurs who are coaching within the league. You look at the number of people that have been um, alongside uh, Steve Kerr Warriors who are coaching elsewhere. It's a mark of success. It's a mark of the the job that is being done by that coaching staff, where those people are getting opportunities elsewhere. And you would expect, as G said, that there is some form of continuity there. We've got the rest of the coaching unit in place. It's not like everybody's got up and gone. It's one person albeit an important person within that grouping. Um, it will be interesting to see who the Magic replacing within that role. Uh, do we see somebody who has an association with the Magic? So be it some an ex-player who comes back in or something of that nature. Do we see somebody who's worked with Coach Mosley in the past uh, in his previous roles? But without knowing what's happening to replace him, it's also something that's worth bearing in mind in that we have, with the G League affiliation, a set of coaches there who work within the same infrastructure um, as we see in the Orlando Magic. So there's the opportunity perhaps to promote from within, so to speak, yeah. so, which would then perhaps keep more of a continuity because they are using the same systems. It's a really interesting point when you're talking there about teams who've got reputations like the Spurs and the Warriors for what they can develop. And I think people are going to be listening to the magic now. And if you're a team who are looking for to be progressive, and I think the whole message of the WNBA to start with is being progressive. I think that's one of the calling cards for it from what I've seen of the WNBA. But I would also say with the magic, it's a young team. It's got a lot of characters on it. There's been a big leap. Coach Mosley was with the select team, so it's been noted there. This is also the ball club that has rehabbed Markel Fultz. Like he, he was basically just given up on as a bust out of Philadelphia, and he's been rehabbed, and we've also really done that for, with Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of good will, probably on nods or inside nods towards the Magic in that respect. A name that's done the rounds, and I'm aware of the Orlando Magic League nothing card that rightly has played all over social media. <laughs> For a name that's doing the rounds on Magic Pods tonight is Terry Stotts. Yeah. So he's he's parted ways. I think he was at the books. And he he's was, yeah. Part of, yeah, he's parted ways with them today. And there's been a, a couple of people saying about how he's got, you know, like maybe a link to uh, the Magic as somebody who would come in and be an experienced coach to help out coach Mosley. Yeah, be, oh, nice. he'd, he'd be, be fantastic. That'd be a great signing. 
Yeah. That'd be a great addition. Which, yeah. It would be interesting now, though. It would be interesting when you consider when we had that long coaching, who was going to take over from Steve Clifford. And like, who would it be? Who would want to go to Orlando? If you remember national media putting us down a pecking order. And now I'm not saying Terry Stotts was someone who I wanted as the magic coach because I didn't. But when you've got an NBA pedigree head coach being talked about as an assistant in Orlando, mm. it goes back to how are the magic coaching staff, the magic regime, the front office, and the potential now being viewed around the league differently to what they were. It's bringing another veteran voice into the organisation. Yeah, if, if that's if that's the way that the team go, it's bringing a veteran, experienced voice in, which can only be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought that was huge. And I'm just going to throw this question out there. I know there's been, I think, G, you alluded to it. Um, Paul, I was going to ask you this first, but I'm going to jump to G first, if that's all right. Yeah, of course, yes, mate. Yeah. Um, we've got this minute split between um, Moore and Goga about who's going to be the backup. And then we've got Jonathan Isaac's shadow that's looming large as a big. Um What's the minutes going to be? Is it going to be one or the other? Is it going to be situational? Is it going to be Jonathan Isaac? Gee, how do you see the cards falling on this one? For me, for me, from what I've seen so far, and you know, hearing you know Jonathan's playing, um, you know, I thought potentially they might have kept him. You know, if we're playing, you know, three games in four nights, they might have you know rested him. When we'll see what happens with that. But in terms, I, I think it's just down to the setback of centre role. I think Isaac is going to play. Isaac's just. You know, you've seen him. He's everywhere, isn't he? So three blocks in ten minutes uh, Tuesday yeah. night. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Goga and Mo, I think is situational. Um, I like what both bring. Um, I like I like Mo's chippiness, but Goga does some things that Mo can't do. He's you know, d- you know, deep in the weeds, down in the paint. Whereas Mo's a bit more, you know, pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, but so this again situational, depending on who you're playing against. I just like having the both there as an option. Um, if you say to me one or the other, I couldn't, uh, and that's why I'm glad we got Coach Mosey to make that decision because I'll just roll with what he says, to be honest. <laughs> Paul, how would you react to that? I, I think every game is to some extent situational, anyway. Um, Guy, somebody's having a bad night. You get a rotation that doesn't quite work, or you they they opposition play something that you weren't expecting. Go left field. You have to have the ability to change. So I do think it's always going to be um, situational. That being said, I think that two of the very two of the first guys that are going to be off the bench most nights are going to be Mo and Jonathan Isaac. Um, they will probably be the guys I would suggest are going to get the first shots. Uh, of minutes at the four and five, mm-hmm. you could have a position uh, that they could be almost. Uh, I won't say positionless basketball, but they are interchangeable. Mo Bogner mm-hmm. can certainly play some four. He can play five. Um, Jonathan Isaac, why can't he play? Why wouldn't? Why shouldn't he be able to play the five? So I think you can see them two being able to. Complement one another by taking each other's role. Um, uh, certainly for the early part of the season, I think that they will be the first guys off the bench. Uh, I love Mo Wagner. I just think the guy brings something 
different. Um, An edge. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter whether it, it doesn't matter to him whether he gets start whether he's, whether he's starting whether he's coming off the bench whether he's just playing a ten minute cameo or whether he's got a longer minute. He's just all energy and trying a hundred percent throughout that time. So that's where I think he provides something different and over uh, what Batista does. Um, Mo has a three point threat. He can set screen. He can, and he takes a charge brilliantly. Um, and then there's that, as G said, that ability to just get under an opponent's skin, full on energy commitment. He's just uh, the guy for the team. He he can be the catalyst to get you going on a poor night. He's that guy. Goga, as G said, I think is probably the more traditional five, more measured guy um if rebounding is a problem uh, an issue for the team then he's probably the guy to go for as the better option in that position but jay i'll get a nod every night because he just carries such a defensive value for the team um he's a guy who can just contribute far beyond the box score you can't look at the box score when you're looking at jr's contribution i don't think but ultimately every game is going to be situational depending on what we've got uh, at that particular moment, but I think Mo, as I say, I think Mo and Ja are going to get the minutes. Absolutely. So, if we were to go from our rotations to a wider lens, we're not encouraging gambling, by the way, but gambling pools are starting to open up in the UK, and you're starting to see the usual suspects for who will be MVP, who's going to be in the you know be in the playoffs and such. Paul, it's way, way, way too early. But I'll start with you. If I was to say MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year, where are you sitting right now? Because he should have won it last year, I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic as MVP. He should have won it last year. Whatever reasons came into play, he didn't, but he should have done. Um, so I'm going for him. Though I do think with the addition of Dame Lillard, Giannis is going to push him very, very close. Uh, he'll give him a run for his money. Rookie. I know that all the smart money is on a certain Frenchman. And as everybody knows, I don't like the overhyping that there's been of him in the media. I think Ola Bali, you say? <laughs> I think that was I think... my pick. <laughs> Mr. Webiyama is a is a talent. I don't dislike the guy. On what I'm seeing so far of him, he's good to watch. But I think I'm going to go with Chet Chet Holmgren simply because I do think that OKC are going to be involved in more winning games than the Spurs. So I think that his contribution will be perhaps valued at a greater rate by certain parts of the media than Victor's. And, oh God, Defensive Player of the Year. Absolutely zero idea, ultimately. But um, I think Marcus Smart may have a chip on his shoulder and be wanting to go out and prove a point to Boston. And therefore, he could be a strong candidate. But I also think the Jalen Suggs could be with a shout. Well, that's fair. Gee. Very good. On those ones, 
Yeah. Um, so MVP, obviously, Paul's mentioned Jokic. Um, outsiders, Doncic. He's an outsider, but if Dallas play, you know, well, it's all on him, isn't it? Him and Irving. So potentially Doncic, Tatum, maybe. Don't know. Uh, but no, smart Tatum's money's really stupid. on Jokic. Tatum's not a stupid shout, mate. No, 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 it's not. I'm just thinking of the outside bets, you know, yeah. not not just your your regular, you know, kind of favourite Jokic, Embiid, etc. Yeah, Giannis. Um, rookie of the year. I was going to go Chet as well, just to try and be different. But as soon as you went with him, I'll go Victor because oh. you know he's going he's going to be on the he's going to be on a telly every other night. So, oh, oh, mate, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Smart yeah. money's uh, right there, but I think Chet's going to have a great season with OKC. Um, and defensive player, I I go Jaron Jackson Jr. myself. Um, but there's a lot of good defensive players. You know, you'd like to see, you know, maybe Jalen or J.I. In, in the conversation. I don't think we get enough national media attention for them to be yeah, up there in the in the final voting. Uh, other than those, I mean, I, I think Rudy Gobert is a fantastic defensive player. I, he, I don't think he gets the plaudits he deserves. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's, I don't know, maybe it's something about, you know, Evan Fournier, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I'm not saying Fournier's a good defensive player, but I don't know, something about the French guys that, it turns people off. I don't know. Go back. I, I think Victor. superb. No, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. That's it. Walker Kessler, OG Ananobi. I'm just trying to think of some outside of the box kind of players, not just your, you know, your Jaron Jackson, your Giannis is. Uh, so, um, no, probably Jaron Jackson Jr., if I'm honest with you. He might have a point. Again, he may be somebody who mm. has uh, a bit of a point to prove. I know he already has a Defensive Player of the Year award. But he, his defensive stock took a bit of a hit in the World mm. Cup with Team USA. Uh, so perhaps that could be somebody who's, yeah, again wanting to just make a statement. Yeah. Any for you, Gary? We've forgotten. Um, if you're going in, I, I think Jokic has got to be the the real favourite for us. I did have Jason Tatum as my outside and pick because I think Boston's potentially going to have the best record in the league, which could then reflect the best player on the best team gets the award. Um, rookie of the year, I think it's Victor Wembanyama's to lose. Yeah. A bit like with LeBron, where I think Carmelo Anthony had like a brilliant season that year, but it was the hypes behind them. I think Chet's going to have a good season. I think Brandon Miller might do better than people think. I think Scoot's going to do well. If he got the minutes... And this is where my, my thing about Houston's at, because I don't think they should have gone for Dylan Brooks. Cam Whitmore. I, Cam Whitmore. I think Cam yeah. Whitmore just looks a, a real talent and he's going to be that Michael Porter Jr. guy where people are going to look mm. back and go, how did so many teams pass him over? Defensive player of the year. I think there's going to be love for Yanis in there, but I think if the Lakers have a good season, the media are going to be desperate to give them something. So I think Anthony Davis is going to get a load of hype if he plays. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't say Austin Reeves. <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker. No, but uh, I think Anthony Davis, I think they'll be desperate to give the Lakers something because yeah. I do think they've done well. And I think whenever the Lakers do well, they'll gravitate to what's yeah. Boston doing, what's LA doing. Yeah. They're going to get love. If the Warriors have a bounce back, people will be looking at Draymond as well. Um, yeah. So... 
G, if I was to go for sixth man, most improved, and coach, where are you at? Coach, right. Okay, I'll, I'll whip through, through these quite quickly. Um, obviously, I'd love Cole to be uh, in the sixth man, and hopefully he is. Uh, obviously, have a great season, um, you know, playing that all-star level that we know he's capable of. Um, but other than him, you know, you're looking at maybe an Emmanuel quickly who, you know, gets points quickly. Like what I did there. So the Knicks. Um, White on the Celtics is probably going to get some love. Uh, first off the bench there in Boston. You know, Jordan Clarkson, Norman Powell. Um, if I was to put money on it, I'd probably stick it with uh, Derek White just because the amount of media attention that the Leprechauns get. Uh, but I would like to see uh, Cole. Um, most improved then. Um, Franz Wagner is obviously, you know, in the conversation. Jalen Suggs potentially. Um, Mikael Bridges, obviously at Brooklyn. You know, he came into a role. He played very well back end of last season. He could. Uh, but for me, probably something like Cade Cunningham. If he manages to stay injury free, um, you know, potential. Um, well, he was number one overall pick, wasn't he, for a reason? Uh, and he's got all the tools. So I think he could make a leap. So uh, I'll probably stick my money on Cade Cunningham uh, if I was a betting man. Um, and then the last one, I think it was Coach, Coach what you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Mosley's in with a shout. You know, we make that jump. We finish fourth. Well, you know, hopefully, you know, people take take notice. But other than that, it's probably Mark Dagnott, I think, for uh, OKC. Um, you know, I think OKC are primed to make a bit of a leap this year. Um, and that, you know, Chet in there. Um, other than that, maybe you know Joe Mazzulla, Boston, obviously favourites to win it, they'll win the East anyway, or up there in the top two at least. Maybe Nick Nurse if he does wonders with Philadelphia. Um, but probably if I was to stick my money on that, I'd probably go Dagnots on uh, OKC. Interesting, Paul. What do you think? Dagnots an interesting shout. Right. Well, I think G's kind of gone. On the same route there as I am, um, I'd got him down because I'm going with that it's going to be from a team who take a leap. Mm. So if Detroit see some progression, Monty Williams could well be up there because he will get the credit for bringing that team on. Um, Imiaduka at uh, Houston, yeah. that's a possibility. Uh, and equally, I've got Coach Mose. I think it's. I think the coach could well come from one of the teams that takes a a a good leap uh, and progresses through the season. So there, that's where I'm. I'm at. Uh, I'll go in reverse order on that then, because uh, I've started with the coach. Let's go most improved. If if we get some media attention. I think that we are in with a shout of somebody being in that conversation. Um, Markel will, if, if if he improves his scoring rate, he will get some attention uh, because of the comeback story that he is. Uh, Jalen and uh, we've I think everybody that's what what needs to be said about him has been said, and the other guy I think who could start to 
be looked at as having been underrated and really making strides is Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. But I like, I mean, it's like Grant was reading my notes because I've, I've got Cade <laughs> as a possibility because, again, of how he's been out injured um, and having the the new coaching of Monty Williams, he could well see. I, I think Monty Williams' style of game will suit Cade's game, so he could well be that player. Sixth man, really, really difficult to gauge until we see what the rotations actually are. I again agree with G that I think uh, the the Boston side of things with White could well be where it comes from. However, if Chris Paul doesn't start for Golden State, the impact that he could have for that team coming off the bench could see him get an award because he hasn't had a deal of recognition in in the awards over the years uh so he could well be a dark horse for him good show there you go yes um it's interesting um some of the line of logic there and it could be bad news for us this but a really good coach potentially good coach on a team that be looking to have a bounce backs quinn snyder yeah so there's another coach where a team could make a massive leap, depending if he's putting his print on it. And this is just on top of what you've already said. I think people are going to look at winning record teams. Like who, if there's if there's sixty win teams, people are going to look there first. So they're going to look at Boston. They're going to look at you know Denver, etc. Um, I think if I was going for sixth man, I think G's shout of quickly is probably in the big market. Somebody's going to get attention. I think Cole will be in the conversation. I think Derek White's going to be in the conversation. But again, if you're looking at winning teams, people will look at Bobby Portis, maybe. Yeah, I'd mentioned that thought of him as well, yeah. Yeah, and I think Chris Paul's going to be somebody who, if he's on the bench, if he adapts to the role, will it go for that? Maybe. And then the most improved, it's an interesting one because we've got a bunch of players who could fit for this award, but I'm, I'm worried about what the media view is going to be. And I think there will be love for Cade Cunningham, probably rightly so. I think don't forget that Houston are a big market and if they have a turnaround, they're more likely to look at the Rockets than they are at the Magic. So I can see people looking at Jalen Green, I can see people looking at Jabari Smith as players who could take that leap. One player I think to keep an eye on and it, I think this team's actually going to hinge on him this season about whether they're a contender or not is Jonathan Kaminga. So I think yeah. he's going to be somebody who, again, media eyes are on. If you looked at a player who's going, and it's my last one, so I'll shut up, a player who's going to get possibly a lot of media attention and a lot of shots is Jordan Poole. Yeah. Because he, so. Yeah, he's got, he's got the rep. He's got the name. I'm not saying they're going to win a lot of games, but he could put up 30 a game on that team. And he had a fallback last season. Yeah. He took a step backwards last season. Yeah, so who's the focal point for that team? Yeah. It's him. He took, he took a step back as Draymond Green hit him. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just some names that I've banded around where I think they could get minutes, they could get attention, they could have narratives. What I will throw one of the names, I didn't dare do this, 
but somebody who I could see getting the most improved. I'm really don't sorry, G is Austin Reeves. Because I think the way he was built up with the USA team in the summer, I think it's almost desperation that he's going to get noticed. And I think if the Lakers are just pretty good, the hype machine's going to go into overdrive for him. Anthony Davis in particular are going to get so much love. Well, LeBron's going to give him his crown, apparently. So, uh, yeah, probably right, mate. Look, let's be honest. <laughs> as as much as it pains to say, the Lakers couldn't have done a much better job in the in the off season. The the, the work that's gone on there is is tremendous. Um, and getting Austin Reeves for the price that they did, uh, it's he's he's set up for that for that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've we've talked media, we've talked what's gone on. I think it's now time that we get to our star guest and we're going to get prepared to welcome the voice himself, Mr. David Steele. So Magic fans, we are now joined by the legendary voice of Orlando, Mr. David Steele. Welcome to the pod again, David. How are you doing? Oh, it's just great. Great to be here with you guys. Always look forward to it. How's everybody there in the UK? G, do you want to go first, Paul? Go on, G. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, David. Obviously, uh, very excited for the season. Having you back on, on our screens, you know, it's a sense of normality has has, has arrived back again, you know, getting yourselves, uh, JT and Dante back. Uh, good times ahead. Yeah, we've had our first telecast, so we got our feet on the ground and uh, we'll we'll talk about the Brazilian guys tomorrow night and our, our guys on, <laughs> on Friday and then get this thing going on Wednesday of next week. Looking forward to it. I think the the excitement that we have as a team building around us, um, it just there's such anticipation from Magic fans for this season. And uh, you looked at, well, we're going to talk about the the games, but uh, you looked at the excitement that was in that building on um, for the New Orleans Pelicans game, and it's it's palpable. It's palpable yeah. what this team can do. Yeah, I tell you, being here, um, you know, right, I, we live right in the heart of Orlando, pretty much just about a mile or two from the arena. And um, a lot of people around here, it's an older neighborhood. And there are a lot of fans who were involved 25, 30 years ago, had tickets, were excited, you know, when the team was first um, just getting off the ground. And then, you know, time, things change, kids grow up, uh, people um, gave up their tickets. A lot of people that live around here that I know, and they're re-engaged now. I mean, they, they see what's coming now and, you know, they're, they're, they want to get back on the wagon. So I think that that says a lot about, you know, where the franchise is now, because there is a lot of excitement in central Florida and, you know, you guys feel it over in the UK, but here there, there's more excitement about the start of this season than I can remember in probably yeah. 10, 11 years. I was talking to Sabrina. I know you know her. Um, and she was saying that even for that first preseason game in Orlando against the Pelicans, it was crazy busy how how many people were in the arena and the atmosphere that they were generating as a result. Mm -hmm. No question. It's great to see. It's great to see. Yep. It's good to be back. Good to be back and becoming relevant again in the NBA. Virtually the first time I've known it as a Magic fan. (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
So let's um, kick it off just talking about the first three preseason games. Obviously, great to have you back on the broadcast. You'll be able to watch the other two games from afar, David. Um, there seems to be a real hunger from the team, in particular the defence seems to be the calling card. Um, but what stood out for you from the first three performances? You know, I'm going to go back, G, and uh, you know, from the first day of training camp, um, Jamal Mosley is very generous to uh, Jeff and Dante and me, and we're able to sit up in a crow's nest area and watch the team practice. And um, so we've made a lot of observations uh, the first week and then the three games since then. And from the very get-go, from the, the very first moment Jamal Mosley stepped out on the court for the first preseason practice, I felt like this it, it just had a different feel. And Jamal had a different attitude and a different approach. Not that he hasn't been business-like in the first two years, but um, you could just feel that there, there's, you know, there's, there's a little more urgency right now. And, and Jamal, I think, has matured as a coach. The way that he has communicated to the guys um, has, I think, he's kicked it up a notch. Uh, maybe a little tougher on them, uh, you know. And but here's the thing with Jamal Mosley, um, he he spent the first two years. Uh, developing uh, very good relationships with the players. And, you know, we have 14 guys back from last year. So he has relationships with every one of those individuals. They understand that he has their back, that he is only interested in helping them become the best basketball players that they can possibly become. So now when it's time to get, you know, a little more serious and you have a chance to really start doing something, when he says, you're not doing this, you got to do that, whatever, you know, calls them out. There's a bond there. There's a relationship and they trust him and they know that, you know, he's not just getting on him because he does. He, he wants to get on him. He, it's with a purpose. So that's the first thing I've noticed, just that there is a, uh, a level. He talks about leveling up and there's definitely a leveling up this year in a big way. And uh, the guys have been very engaged, very communicative, um, very supportive and it just has a great feel about it. It really does. David, just carrying on from that, I mean, much was made previously of the Magic needing to go out and get a, a star guard. Um, but in these last couple of games, in the first couple of games, we've seen two distinct backcourt pairings of Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs and Anthony Black and Cole Anthony. I know that Gary Harris came in in place of Anthony in the second New Orleans game. But what are your thoughts from this limited number of games on the fit and the chemistry in the guard position? Here's here's what I'm thinking, Paul. Um, the competition is just fierce at practice. And you know, these guys are very close. They're great friends. But during the practice sessions, you know, each guy's trying to get an edge over the other because they're fighting for minutes. And Jamal Mosley has said repeatedly over the last couple of years, when you get to a certain point and you have a lot of good players, which we do now, we have great depth, then the players are going to determine who gets the minutes. So it's all, you know, I mean, it's it's all in their hands. And so when you have Cole Anthony, Anthony battling Markel Fultz in practice and Jalen Suggs going after Markel and Markel coming back at, at Jalen, and they're really getting after it because the practices have been very intense. Uh, then you you know you understand how much competition there is and and how how important it is for these guys to to play well. So uh, every one of those guys has lifted up the other, and they're lifting each other up, and they're I think it's making them all better players. How the minutes shake out, 
I don't know, but it's a good problem to have. And Coach Mosley has it. And you know what? He said the other night we were talking about it. He said, it's it's a problem I don't mind because that's what we've been aiming to get towards, you know, where we've got you got Cole, you got Markel, you got Jalen, Gary Harris, Anthony Black is uh, he's 19 years old. So, you know, as long as those other guys are healthy, uh, I, I don't know how much of Anthony Black we'll see because, you know, the other guys have they, they've got the experience factor on him. Um, so but, you know, he's going to continue to get better as well. We see him making progress uh, day by day, really, in training camp before the leading up to the regular season. But I think you're probably going to see those four guards and then Anthony is going to get opportunities whenever Jamal feels like he can get him in there. But um, with Gary Harris and Cole Anthony on that second unit and Jalen and Markell in, in the first unit, it's difficult to play more than four guards. And really, that Gary is a guard. He's He's been playing a little of the three because just shuffling lineups around a little bit. But that's how I think it'll play out. And as far as who gets the most minutes, it's going to be, um, you know, whatever the coach feels like uh, in the situation and, and who's the most deserving guy based on what they do in practice. I'm really liking the combination of uh, Markel and Jalen together. They look good. They really do have a nice connection. Jalen, uh, in in particular, they've all had a great attitude, but um, he, he has really been super, I feel like, uh, laser-focused since day one he he really seems to have matured and uh his leadership uh we're, we're seeing more of that and uh he is an elite defender i mean there there is just no question about it he he can do things defensively that not many guards in the nba can do so uh, he's going to get his minutes because the, of the fact that you can put him on you know one two or three really three positions and he can uh, he can come as close to locking a, a player down as, as as a player can in the NBA today. It's tough to do. It's interesting you say that because I know I was going to ask about the the minutes allocation, but just before we came on air, I, I saw a um, publication. I'm just going to mention it because it's relevant to what's being said. The Sport and News said the best defenders in the NBA, the top 50 best defenders in the NBA, and they didn't list Jalen Suggs. In yeah, the top 50. or or Jonathan Isaac, I guess, and maybe Jonathan, because of injury, he made that, he got did he make it thirty two number thirty two okay. is Jonathan Isaac thirty two yeah, yeah he's way better he's top five yeah, when when he's the guy's going to climb that chart this season yeah yeah he's he's special too those those are two guys that uh, defend as well as any players in the NBA their positions and yeah. Ji multiple positions Jalen too for that matter. Yeah, I, d- I did put a quick comment on saying about I thought Jalen Suggs would have appeared, but the top five were Draymond Green, Alex Caruso, Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brooke Lopez. That was your that was your top five. Um, They're all good. Yeah, hard to are. argue with with them. All outstanding defenders, but Ji is going to be on that list. He'll push somebody off of there if he can stay healthy this year. Yeah, absolutely. So would you agree, David? That you, you mentioned there about Anthony Black, but obviously Jet Howard as well. It mm-hmm. seems to be that. In previous years, where we've had like Paolo Bancaro coming in, Franz and Jalen coming in, we knew they were going to get minutes, but the rookies are going to have to earn them this year due to the depth of the team. Absolutely, yeah, I, I do think so. And uh, you know, the, the the best part about it is, is that we have no injuries right now. Um, knock on wood. Where's I don't think I have any wood here. It's, I'm not sure what it is. Sorry, but, we're, we're all uh, knocking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know what I'm saying. We've been just uh, devastated by injuries, and uh, keep on. 
Clark is the only, Kevon Harris is the only guy right now who has a sore knee. And other than that, the entire roster is healthy. So um, it, it, it's going to be hard for Anthony. Um, it's going to be hard for Jet um, because of all the, just the veteran guys that, uh, that are up there. We, you know, we added Joe Ingles this year. So there's another veteran player that um, the Jet would be competing for for minutes. So it's just going to be, you know, can can he impress the coaching staff? Can he mature? Can he figure things out? How quickly? Those two guys, I will say that the two rookies, Howard and Black, are very bright, very intelligent basketball players. They both um, are very well coached. Of course, Jet played for his dad at Michigan. He grew up um, around the NBA. Um, was born, I think, in Miami when Jawan was a coach or player for the Miami Heat. So he's been around the NBA his whole life. And Anthony Black, his dad, was one of the top college players in the Big 12 at Baylor um, and actually played at the same time that Jamal Mosley was a college player. So um, his dad uh, was first-team All-Big 12 uh, at Baylor University. So, you know, he grew up in a basketball family as well. Pedigree behind him, there's uh, the mm -hmm. experience to draw on it's always useful to have somebody like but uh, i'm gonna listen i'm probably gonna ask the most obvious question going here um but there seems to be this almost telepathic link between paolo and franz on the court it's incredible to watch what are you expecting from those two this season um yeah i was looking at that paul i was looking at that because i i had a feeling you might ask me about that connection and um paolo and franz connected with each other um 90 89 times last year so you know there is a uh, a connection one was assisting the other and it was a pretty even split um you know it's really interesting they're they they come in they're young guys but they they have such a mature uh, feel for the game beyond their years i mean paolo is still 20 and he hasn't turned 21 yet and franz has just turned 22 um but uh, they both have played so much basketball and Talk about basketball IQ. I was talking about Jed Howard and Anthony Black. Those are two guys with extremely high basketball IQs and just a great feel for the game, which, you know, these are things that you can't coach that, you know, some some players have great athleticism and uh, shot makers, playmakers don't have a great feel for the game, um, when to pass, when to shoot, you know, where the openings are. Um, and then on the defensive end as well, um, Paolo and Franz, just have that gift. Uh, they, they've got it naturally. And then I would throw Wendell Carter Jr. in there too. He's, he's another guy that can make plays. So you have all of these 6'10", 6'11", guys, Jonathan Isaac, uh, that can not only score and defend, but they can be playmakers. And you can give them the ball and they can, you know, run pick and roll and run some other actions and create opportunities for each other. Really good passers, um, understand spacing and all of those things that, that uh, give you a chance to play good offense. And um, it's it's one of the reasons we're going to be, I think, a very tough team to defend this year. All those big guys that know how to play the game. We have some crazy depth. Yes. Um, really good so, depth. David, um, I just want to ask you a question about, um, obviously, in the 90s, the Magic had a very young Shaquille O'Neal, a very young Penny Hardaway. And then, you know, they bring in Tree Rollins, Horace Grant, um Donald Royal, people like that to, to you know, to well steady the ship, so to speak. And um, we obviously signed Joe Ingles in the off season. Um, could you explain the importance of having veterans on the team and what you know Joe can 
bring to the ball club, both in the locker room and on the floor? We've seen it already. Gee, we've already seen his impact. Uh, the other night, we're standing right in front of Jeff Turner and me. Um, Chuma Okeke was in the game late, and he made a mistake on a defensive assignment. And I saw Joe get up next to Joel Mosley and was talking to Chuma and was really getting right, you know, right in his face and pointing and, um, you know, not in a harsh way, but just, you know, explaining what his responsibilities were. Um, he's He's been with the ball club just a very short period of time, but he comes in with the chops that the players respect because he's 36. He's been around uh, in the NBA for a long time. Prior to that, he was one of the top players um, internationally, uh, won a, a world title with um, Maccabi Tel Aviv, I think, in 2014. So, you know, he's he played on great teams in Utah. He played for the Milwaukee Bucks last year. He's a 40% career three-point shooter and uh, really another, you know, really smart basketball player. That That's one thing that we've seen. You know, there's a lot of basketball intelligence out here. And Joe has the intelligence and he has the experience, uh, not to mention the ability to, to be a, a valuable player. So, you know, I agree that was that, that that signing got almost no recognition whatsoever. I mean, it was like it was so far under the radar. Um, but I think if if we are as good as what I think that we can be and can be a playoff team this year, then I think Joe Ingles will be a big part of that. And there'll be some recognition for him and what he has done to help this team be successful. It's also Thank a game you. where he won't be scoring an absolute shed load of points against us like he always does. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he, you're right. That that that's a that that's a budding is this anything, Paul. I'm glad you put your finger on that. I've been working on I've been looking at those, oh, I've been I've been looking at that. It's so nice I won't, I won't be sending that one in there, mate, if you've already got the idea. <laughs> It's just nice to see some, you know, have some chippiness on our team as well. Obviously, with Maritz Wagner and yeah. Joe Ingalls now, you know, people who are yes. happy to stand up for themselves and, you know, clap back a little bit to the officials and the opponents. Um, just like that on your team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You got to have that guy or multiple that guys. And uh, Mo Wagner has been that guy for a couple of years for us. And now he's got a, he's got a running mate, push people yeah. around a little bit. It's going to be fun. I think Joe Joe has been among the uh, league leaders in technical fouls the last few years. So, you know, we'll, he'll probably get teed up a few times. He already got one in the preseason. He did. Right? He's already he did. gotten one. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, sometimes it's worth taking one for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't win You don't win anything with um, all nice guys. You need to have a couple. No, of it's those. tough. No, you need to have a couple. No. I'm happy for that. Um, I remember, you know, we had Matt Barnes. He was that guy, um, you know, for for a few years. Was a tough, uh, you know, hard nosed guy. So yeah, I think I think you're right. It does help to have that guy. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of other players who we've got on the team who are going to step into that energy as well. Like I think Cole's got it in him. Um, mm-hmm. and we, I think Admiral Schofield's got it in him as well. So, and Jalen, Jalen plays with an edge too. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw it quoted somebody the other day saying that Jalen, um, I'm sure it was Jalen, reminds them of Matt Barnes in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Not a bad analogy. Matt Barnes and Joe Ingalls on the same team as Mr. Wagner. That'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break the text record for the league. Yeah. <laughs> 
David, you touched on um, Jonathan Isaac earlier, and I think he's the X factor for the team because last season, when the, when he was healthy, as you know, the Magic won nine of eleven. Unlucky not to have ten really when GI featured. What do you see GI's role to be this season, and where might he figure in the rotation? Considering we expect Paulo Franz and Wendell to be the starters on opening night, it's one of the one of the best things about this preseason camp is from day one to see Jonathan Isaac out there and just balling and uh, not holding anything back. He's got no restrictions. They, they have held him out of just very precautionary, held him out of uh, a few things here and there, and they've limited his minutes in the preseason. Um, but he looks great. I mean, he, he has looked great from day one of the preseason, um, preseason practices. And, you know, he, to me, he's a game changer. He, 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 like you said, Gary, you called him the X factor that, that's a good way to put it because if he can be healthy and can give us even 20, 25 minutes a game, um, it's going to be an extraordinary lift for the basketball team because of the things that he's able to do, uh, primarily on the defensive end. He, he's truly, we, I, I already talked about that, truly an elite defender, um, one of the top in the NBA. But um, he's, his three-point shot has improved. I know he, he sailed a couple the other night. I don't know what was going on. Someone may have opened a door you know, at the wrong time and the, the breeze shot through, I don't know, but, but his three point shot looks great. Um, his pull up jumper, he, he's repeatedly made those in scrimmages in practice, you know, just rising up and shooting over the top of defenders, baseline fadeaway jumpers. And of course, great shot blocker and, uh, um, and, and a great teammate. So he's on that second unit. And I tell you that second unit with, with Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, Joe Ingles, and Mo Wagner, that, that, that group wins a lot of NBA games. And I, I think that there are going to be nights, if we can keep, if we can stay healthy, I think there are going to be nights where that second unit is the difference um, between winning and losing um, because that, that's a strong group. We need a nickname for them now, David. Yeah. The the yeah, what do you got? We've got? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to think. I might put my. Is this anything happening? There you go. I'll give you something to think of, G. I'll give you something <laughs> to think of. I think there's the smart money on Cole Anthony to be in the shout for the sixth man of the year. There you go. I can see that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I, you know, for... it's, it's something we've 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 discussed, but I I I've got a sneaky feeling that the Magic could have one or two players in consideration for the the most improved or round defensive player of the year. Um, mm -hmm. We've got those players that are ready to take those steps, I think. And All-Star. You know, I you, you yeah. can see Paolo and Franz knocking on the All-Star door too. Uh, it all depends. All of that is going to depend on how many games that we want. You know, if you if you start 5-20 and 20 and, and um, you know, you, you get forgotten and you're not going to get many accolades at midseason, but if we can get off to a good start and, you know, be raising a few eyebrows around the NBA and people start talking about it, um, then, yeah, we could have some individuals that uh, are rewarded because of the team's success. Coming back to Definitely. Jonathan Isaac, I think um, it was something I described him as the other week where because he's been absent from the team pretty much for so long, Adding a player of his defensive capabilities back into the squad, it's almost like you've got a new player coming. Um, mm -hmm. He's going to be such a boost for that team. Mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, it's just it, 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 um, 
it's almost mind blowing when you see what he does. I mean, you just don't see defenders able to do what what he is able to do. His agility and his quick leap and his timing on block shots and um, just how he anticipates drivers and uh, he, he's such a smart player. So yeah, I mean, it uh, when he's on the floor, it just it's eye popping. It it just stands out and he makes the team better. You know, the one year he, I was looking at this, he played seventy five games. I think it was seventeen eighteen. Uh, isn't that the that isn't that the only winning season that the team has had since Dwight Howard left? I think that's the only one, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it was the year that Jonathan Isaac um, was healthy for all but just a handful of games. The man, the man offers us so much. Um, I'm excited for him to be back. Really excited yeah, for this me season. Too. Yeah, I hope excited. he can finish it out. I'm excited. I saw the other night when I know Paul, you'll probably cringe at this, but it was a Wembenyama highlights package again. I, hey, I've, I've got no problem with the guy. Just I know the overhyping of him, but it's the was, overhyping in the media that's turning me off. Well, the the whole thing was is like what player in the NBA is best suited to guard Wembenyama, and I was kind of like Jonathan Isaac. Yes, absolutely. That would be a guy that would have a chance for sure. I think when yeah, that'll be fun. Enjoy the. I think when Wendell will enjoy the challenge as well. He look. He's the guy yeah. who seems to love that physical challenge of going up against a an elite player. Um, yeah, Wembenyama, pretty special. I, I I'll have to say, it looks like he's going to be the real deal. Yes, I, I don't dislike the guy. Um, I've just got really tired. overhyped. Of yeah. the of the of the overhyping of that the media have of him and Paolo well, it's got the, none of that. Well, so yeah, exactly. Paolo, you know, one national game this year, and how many is Victor got? Fifteen or so, and then same last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Let's what, not go down that road. That's what's that's what's <laughs> that's what's done me with him, as opposed to actually Wemoyama himself, uh, yeah. who I think is going to be a huge talent. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to go to our Patreon and listener questions. Um, to start with, we've got Alan Kane, and he's asked how many wins for the season. He's predicting 40 to 45 wins. We have the benefit of preseason behind us. Um, David, where would you start with that one? Boy, to make a jump from 22 to 34 in one year and then from 34 to 44 or 45 in the next year would be remarkable. It's very hard to do. But the East, I, I think that being in the Eastern Conference, um, we have a chance to win a few more games maybe than if we were in the West. And uh, again, it's, it's all about staying healthy. But a healthy Magic team that we've seen so far is better than a 500 team. So I'll go... Uh, I'll go 40. I'll just split the difference. What do you say? 40, 45. Alan said that. I'll go 43. How's that? Right in the nice. middle. I'll nice. take that. Yeah, one more yeah. than me, David. I had 42, and I thought I was being optimistic. Oh. So I, lo- I love it. Jeez, I love it. That's so boring. You and I agreeing. I again. know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I've got, I was going bang on 500 season. Oh no, that's forty-one and forty-one. 41. That is yeah, sorry, forty-one, mate. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Forty-one. Oh. That would be that would be a huge success, Paul. It would. Oh, I, I, that would be, you know, you jump from uh, twenty-two to thirty-four to forty-one. That that's uh, serious progress. You're on your way. I'm going forty-one, and that way I get to come to Orlando again for the playoffs. Yeah. 
That's my thinking. <laughs> How about you, Gary? My uh, floor is 39. And my, I think it's 39.42, I think in that range. We'll be so we're, we're, all, we're all pretty much in the same yeah. area there. And, and, yeah. and we're all thinking that uh, the over-under is doing us a disservice again. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, last season's was ridiculous. I, I wish I'd put some money on it. I do really wish I had, because it was so obvious that we were going to be leaping past that figure that they'd got for us last year. The thing is, is when you do that, then you get you think of the injury record. Because I looked at that and then I just went, no, don't do it. <laughs> you, know, you know what the injuries are. And I didn't want to jinx anyone, so I just laid right off on that one. So we've also got um, Jamie Brown, who's sent a, a good question in. And he's asked, after having a threadbare squad, do we now have too many players? Uh, Jamie says he's all for squad depth but also believes he wants to keep players happy with playing time. So what would the thoughts be? Like, David, you're the guest of honor, so we'll start with you. My thought would be you can't have too much talent. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not buying into that. If you got guys that you have to have the right people, you know, that want to, um, you could have the wrong um, players that have too much talent or too evenly talented. But if you have players who, uh, who understand what their roles are and, have uh, been coached like Jamal has coached these guys. I, I don't think it's possible for the Magic. I think guys are pulling for each other. And uh, it can only, like I said earlier, as we talked about it, it can only make everybody better. So, no, I, I'm not concerned about that. I think it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. Any thoughts on that, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with, with David. But what we saw in training camp was Coach Mosley having three teams to, to scrimmage with. And, you know, he could put the you know, potential starters together, potential second unit together, and also have a third string uh, just to throw to mix it up. And he hasn't had that last couple of seasons. We've seen injuries to Markel, Jalen, et cetera, J.I. not playing. Uh, So it's the first time we've fully had a proper, um, you know, pre-season ready to prepare for the players to come back. Um, So that's, you know, going to stand us in good stead. Uh, And like what David said, you know, having... Um, all this talent, you know, you use what you need to. Uh, and you mentioned as well, you know, people are going to fight to get minutes uh, and that's what you want just to get, get the best out of everybody. Um, and, you know, hopefully then the product on the on the court will get the Ws and uh, keep us all happy. Paul, anything you would jump on the back of there? Mate, for me, bring it on. Let's have that competition. Because if you can get, if if through our depth, We've got a healthy competition for places and minutes. It's it's a good thing so long as the coach can manage egos and expectations. But Jamal Mosley strikes me as a guy who can get all the guys to buy into the value of winning as a unit, as opposed to the individual glories. And I think he's that type of person that can get people to buy into that uh, team ethic. So, yeah, it's all good. Bring it on. Great, great problem to have. I don't want to use the word because it's a word that's used a lot more down in the south of Florida, but I think there's a culture <laughs> at the magic. And uh, <laughs> I think I think it's in, I think you can see it. I think when you look at any videos and such and photographs and player interactions on social media, there's definitely a culture that's came in with the types of people who we've brought into the club and then. Joe Ingles obviously being the veteran there, but he brings his own stamp 
And I think all of those players where you look at competition, for example, the backcourt, all of those guys will believe they are truly the, the guy who should be getting the minutes and it'll just be a case of, they'll prove it. Positions yeah. are up for grabs, earn them. And I think I think that's what we'll see. But after all the injuries we've had, I'm quite happy to have that problem. Yeah, makes a hell of a change. It does. And moving from injuries and squad depth to actually what the players will be wearing. Paul, I can see just over your shoulder there. You've got what well, I think Absolutely. that's the Mitchell and Ness version, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes. Yeah, I, don't, Mitch- I don't have the, uh, the authentic in the same way as yourself, my friend. <laughs> I got a deal on Nike on that, which I was very surprised at. So I wasn't going to get the jersey at one price. But then I saw another price and I went, I will buy it at that price, which... I'm happy about it. It's really good quality, actually. Um, and we saw a load of nostalgia photos dropping this week, throwbacks they to the great. 90s. Unreal. They Absolutely unreal. I actually thought they were sitting in G's room. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw that picture. Oh, and I saw God. the figures and all the magic. I was like, are they in G's house right now? Yeah, but uh, You could be. You could be. It, G, it looks like it. Honestly, it does. Yeah, I know. My wife doesn't like this part of the house. <laughs> It's my part. <laughs> but you were allowed that part of the house, G. Yeah. So, but I'm the man of the house. <laughs> you've got that little nook and she's got the rest, right? Basically, David. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it, mate. You've got it. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah. You're the man of the house, G. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> David, when you're seeing all the um, the nostalgia hits coming through and the, the Stars jersey, how how do you feel about seeing that jersey back and everything that comes with it? Man, it really pops. I love it. Uh, it uh, you know, it looks like you got T Max jersey behind you, Paul. Uh-huh, at uh, yes. number one, yeah, with that old uh, throwback to the uh, uh, the T Mac era. Uh, I think it's great. Thirty five year celebration is going to be fun. The court is going to look spectacular when they put that thirty uh, fifth anniversary court. Um, and and then also the the you haven't talked about this the in season tournament. I don't know if you guys know this, but the, every team has a special court for the tournament games. And I've seen what they look like. They're very cool. Um, they all, every every team's court looks similar, but different based on obviously, you know, the logo and the team that, that that's involved. But um, yeah, I think watching the games on TV, it's going to be very pleasing to the eye this year for a number of reasons. Uniforms, courts, uh, quality of play, it's all good. Yeah, here the the new city uniform is uh, going to be absolutely popping. Yeah, that's what I hear too. I look forward to it. Yes, sir. Did you were you at the second media day that the team did this week? Uh no, no, I was not. It's, uh, uh, it sounds like that was a lot of fun. I think that's where they did some of the um, these retro throwback. Uh, yeah, scenes. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it all looks great. Really good. Very well done. Did you oh, did you get did you get throwbacks to Heart and Hustle, David? Uh, no, I, I guess not. Um, you know, I do love the Heart and Hustle group. Um, mm-hmm. That was right before T Mac got here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, that's one of my favorite favorite groups of guys for sure. But you, you know uh... these jerseys. Um, obviously, everyone remembers the Heart and Hustle members T Mac. Um, my second season following the Magic was when they changed to these ones. So I had Penny, Nick, Horace Grant, 
Ike Austin, people like that, when the Magic mm. finished third in the East and we lost to Philadelphia 3-1. I think it was a best of five in, in the playoffs. Short season. I think it was a and, short season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a lockout shortened season. Um, and my favorite rookie of all time, Matt Harpring, was on the squad. And, um, you know, that just takes me back to that team when I first started, when I was, what, oh my gosh, 15 or something like that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no, I love him. Love him. I you too. treated yourself, David, to one of the uh, the jackets? No, I haven't. I, I put one on. They let me put it on briefly, and I think somebody took a picture of it. I haven't seen the photo yet, but no, I haven't been able to get one of those. Did I'd like to have one of those. I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure where I would wear it, but I, I'd like to have it. Where do you wear that thing? I'm not sure. She would wear it for mowing the lawn. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be picking one up in February. <laughs> Where are you going to wear it, Aji? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be too scared to wear it, aren't I, because of the price tag on it. <laughs> You're going to be too scared to wear it because Amy doesn't know you've bought one. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> I think you've got she to doesn't get, listen. <laughs> you've got to get matching uh, trousers to go alongside it. Um, I'll, I'll sort something out. Just yeah, it would have right to be on. a whole look. Yeah, Ryan Anderson wore I think you'll oh. rock it, G. Ryan looked good. It, it he he wore it well. He did. He did. Yeah. So with the nostalgia drop happening, uh, David, honestly, thank you for giving us so much tonight in your time, and thank you for also doing the listener questions that's come through. That's massively appreciated. I know when the guys log on and listen to the podcast, they're going to be a lot happier hearing your thoughts than ours on that. But no, you you guys are great. I appreciate you having me on. It's a great podcast. Thank you, David. We, thank we you, love so having you. We we thank you all the while. Every time we see you, we thank you for your friendship and genuinely mean it. Yeah, uh, we enjoy it. Thanks. I look forward to seeing at least some of you in in Florida this year. Right? Not everybody, so, but April. Somebody's going to make it. Uh, we are coming in April. It's happening. All right. Yeah. I'll see you in February. Thanks, fellas. So, guys, it's been an episode. Um, it's been an episode and a half. It feels like, and we're always honoured to have Mr Steele on to join us and I think that's made everybody's cold night in the UK just that little bit better as we're recording this and it's 10pm so as always thank you for listening remember follow us on socials it's Orlando Magic UK across them all like and subscribe on your favourite podcast platforms and YouTube really it helps us check out our bespoke T-Mill store in the links in the description and if you're shopping on the NBA store we're not saying it's the best discount code, but it is one you could use, and it's Magic UK 10. So from G, from the Content King, from myself, go Magic. <laughs>